Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another new episode of Get Organized with Declutter Me with myself, Shalina. This week, my guest is Jasmine Slay of Change Your Space and author of new book, Being Owned, A Decade in Professional Decluttering. If you've listened to the podcast previously, you would have heard Jasmine and I chatting about hoarding and how she's helped her clients. But this time, as we both have books out, I thought it'd be fun to read each other's books and chat about it on this new episode. Kind of like an organizer's book club. So welcome, Jasmine, to the Get Organized um, podcast. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Shina. I'm well. Awesome. And yeah, nice thing that we were just talking about the weather before, but you're like nice and warm at home even though it's freezing cold outside even though it's cold yeah, here. It's, <laughs> it's starting to warm up just a little bit I was saying that people are starting to re-emerge from hibernation here oh my god <laughs> but yeah no it's still yeah it's still too cold it involves layers I can't be doing layers like yeah it's, <laughs> it's just not great so yeah so your book has just come out or it's coming out very soon 23rd of February is Ooh. the official launch. It's available for pre-order now, so on all the usual spots. So yeah, it's uh, it's available. Amazing. <laughs> so, That's so exciting. So what made you decide to write a book now, like after 10 years? Yeah, I suppose it's a good point being 10 years in to sort of reflect on uh, where I got to, what, yeah. what made my business different, what I do with people, what makes it unique to me, right. you know yourself. Um, you know, professional decluttering is an expanding profession. Yeah. Um, and here in the UK, the Southwest, for example, in the peninsula of, of the UK, when I first started out 10 years ago, I was all on my own, um, pretty much. Yeah. And um, and now there are about eight or nine people, and, and that's just APTO registered right. organizers. New people coming into the profession. What is it that makes me different to other people? Um, and also, what is it about the job? You know, when you get to a certain yeah. stage of 10 years of doing something, what is it that keeps me motivated in the job? Because it is quite a broad church, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the industry. And yeah. the people that we work with, are it's everybody and anybody, actually. Yeah. But where are the, where are the clients that, that I particularly enjoy um, supporting? So it gave me some time to reflect on that. Right. Um, and to really think about what it is that I really think about what it is that I do in a in a in a time just to yeah just to self-reflect I, I yeah no I mean like I've known you for years and I know what you do and but reading that it was even more an eye-opener about the kind of clients you have because it's of completely different from the kind of clients I have so it's fascinating from that point of view um and like how you deal with the clients is different as well. So what, what did you learn about yourself when writing the book? Well, you'll know yourself and I'd be fascinated to know how you found writing yours because like you say, you know, we're both declutterers, we're yeah. both professional organisers. Uh, people, th- you know, tend to, to think that we're all doing the same things. Actually, they're all very different yeah. and your book and my book can be, they're really different books, yes, but they yeah. are explaining in a way the same phenomenon but for people who are perhaps different um have different relationships with their belongings but yet we're all on a a spectrum so it fascinates me um that kind of um that journey that that people are on um so yeah i i thought it was just an opportunity to sort of unpack some of those the successes, and I would say, Shalina, as well, a bit of reflection on where it didn't work because it is quite a challenging area of work. Yeah, yeah. Um, where people who are chronically disorganised, hoarding, yeah. who are really nervous, who perhaps it's not been their idea to have a, a declutterer in. It might be a referral from social services or housing. Yeah. That they're only at crisis level. You know, how their interaction with belongings, how 
where I fit in that because it's not right. always a, a welcome uh, position. But yeah, I learned a lot about what stories stuck with me. Right. So yeah. the successes, and there are some brilliant breakthroughs that we just still love. Yeah. Um, yeah, the piano story. man was a good one. I like that. Yeah. I like that one. But yeah. And he still continues to surprise us. And then the ones where it was too tricky for them, but just to yeah. acknowledge a bit of what that process was like. Um, so that people understand it's not it's not a straightforward journey for some people. And for some people that you meet them at the right point and you can see huge transformations yeah. um in their lives. So yeah, it really taught me a bit about what I it was interesting what I remembered and what, uh, you know, in terms of the client stories that stuck with me. Yeah. And I suppose, yeah, because for you, it was more, you wrote a memoir rather than a self-help book. Like mine was more a self-help book because I couldn't reach everybody that I want. I always was getting asked, like, do you do courses? Do you do that? And I was like, well, it'd be easier if I just write it out in a book and give my top tips and, you know, explain how it works, how my you know, the way I work, which is, you know, obviously different from the way you work, which was like, that was great to see as well, because you work very, you know, slowly and you gauge what the clients want, whereas mine is most of them the same. I did a kitchen again today and it's the kitchens are always different stuff, but same sort of layout. And I put it into zones, which I put in, you know, which is mentioned books. So yeah, yours was more a memoir. So yeah, what made you think of writing like a memoir rather than like a self-help book for hoarders? Or I think that's a, that's a really interesting question because I, I I take what you're you're saying there that that for people who are um, already quite um, they they feel cluttered yeah but they're not super overwhelmed yeah they want the like you say they want the tips they want the yeah. pointers now there's a cascade of you know the um, uh, the videos of, that people do yes. with, you know, t- sorting out and, t- and tips and pointers, absolutely so useful to people. The TV programmes, yeah. they are normally useful. Like you say, your resource for, for someone who just needs that guidance. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always going to be using your uh, toiletries, um, exp- expiration uh, dates. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. the, those Pointers that just take people from, I'm not sure, to, ah, yeah, I know what to do. I've got Shalina's tool here. Yeah. I know where I am. The the people that I tend to see, we're a a long way away from getting to that stage. They're still at the, how do I access my kitchen? How do I make sure my kitchen only has kitchen things in it? And But we can all recognise the spectrum. They're going to get there potentially eventually right sometimes they'll say I've got all this paint because I'm going to decorate and you think you're you are a couple of years away from being able to decorate we need to yeah. you know get access to the rooms and the walls and and those sort of things so it's just starting at a much earlier point plus people are like I say incredibly nervous so we don't yeah. it's not just handling their belongings and you have this you have this as well because you're yeah. mindful it might be something you touch that's that's a bit more sensitive than something else. Yeah. We're, we've got quite the weight of um, the people that we work with often have an, an awful lot of attachments to an awful lot of the things around. So we yeah. have to double check everything that in an in a straightforward situation may just readily go into recycling. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. check it in case it's something special or, or whatever. So it does, you're right, it slows the process down. Yeah. Um, it takes a while to sort of pick up momentum and it can be a little while before you get, you still get transformations, but they're not the ones that no. that look great on social media. <laughs> um, and yeah. they mean a lot to the person, but it might be the, the area around the sink <laughs> or yeah. around, you know, the bed so they can access the bed. Those are big wins. Yeah. They're not sort of thing that... Um, that look amazing on a on a on a, a, a time lapse video. Yeah, I know, I know, but I think yeah, and then and that's but then the type of clients that you're going to attract are not going to be the ones that are going to be looking at social media anyway. Your your ones most probably 
you know, they might look at social media, but they won't look at anything about this stuff, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of balancing, isn't it? To And I suppose if you're getting social services in to help, you know, to say that these people need help as well. Um, but yeah, but I know, like, what do you mean? I mean, these videos are so, they're great. But, and I mean, I do do a lot of before and after videos as well. But I see the ones where they're putting things into boxes and everything. And I'm like, oh my God, there's so much more to it, you know. I mean, like you deal with hoarders. I deal with a lot with mental health issues. So it's just always like, no, there is other things involved with putting things into boxes. It's not just, let's get some boxes and put things into it and make it look nice slowly. I found as well, and I don't know if you found this when you were writing your book, that it was the, uh, when people say, you know, what's the worst job? What's the best job? Yes. And actually what they're looking for is, you know, what are the strange things in people's houses? And actually what resonated with me the most was the conversations that we've had with people yeah. about yeah. their stuff and and the connection. So this is the difficulty of the, if the um, profession in one sense in that I can introduce myself as a declutterer, but I don't like the word declutter and I don't like the association of, it being about loss yeah <laughs> so, but people kind of know what that is it can't I, I struggle with the organizer because decluttering is a huge part of it yeah. so it's that that uh knowledge that what what buzzes me is the the celebration of people finding lost things yeah. of um reconnecting with their homes you know really um sharing stories about their belongings yeah. them having the actual say about where things go because like you say you know I've done my fair share of um unpacks in kitchens where like you say there is there's a particular place for most things yes yeah. it's clear yeah. but in a in a broader home it's quite bespoke isn't it about yeah. where people have their things put and them having that control and that conversation and the fun the funny stories those are things that stayed with me as those conversations those you can't show on a time-lapse video. No, exactly. Yeah. Where that person has a bit of a breakthrough about that. There's no way of showing that physically. No, <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the difficulty. But um, the bit that motivates me, I think. I think, and yeah, and you're, I, and I've seen it like working in the UK and also here, especially, you know, um, with clients from who are MRIT that they have history in their items and they say the history, that is the lovely part. And there's not that much here, especially with expats, because they don't bring that often with them. You know, it, they've come in a suitcase and then brill up the stuff. But you must have wonderful stories of items and pieces of furniture um, you know, that's amazing. I mean, I had one client recently, they've moved from Scotland to here and they brought the pew from a church where their son got christened. It's the most amazing piece of furniture. You'll never see that in Dubai. Like, you know, you might see that where you are, like somebody's done that as well from an old church and brought it into the house. I haven't seen that in all these 10 years. And then suddenly, this is, I'm seeing it. I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. It reminds me of when I used to go to church. And she was like, are you mad? And I'm like, no, this is amazing. Like, and she was like, no, I'm going to sell it. And I'm like, you've brought it all the way here and now you're going to sell it. No, you're keeping it. Like, it's too fabulous a piece. So, but yeah, you must see your gorgeous, gorgeous pieces. Some wonderful, like you say, wonderful pieces of history for people when they, when they, but it is the tales that they tell and the fact that they've got a tangible thing that's a, that's a, a memory. Yeah. The, the, you know, often that's a real celebration when somebody can name something specifically. When we work with people who everything is special, what yeah. we're looking is to try and narrow it, narrow it down, but it's absolutely wonderful. And the, we were, um, you know, the first story in the book when we say about Darren and his, yeah. his um, journey and that bit in the book where I say I pop in and there they, um, Rachel, my assistant and Darren are at the top of the stairs. They opened up our old wardrobe and they're trying on all these different folk outfits. Yeah. Having a giggle. And and I say in the book, if people don't think that's what we do, that is what we do. Yeah. Because that man had come on such a journey to be there at the yeah. top of the stairs, able to open that cupboard. 
but reconnecting with who he actually is and the yeah. things that make him proud and happy and really good memories. Yeah. That's that oh, it makes me tingle just yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. we're about. There's no point having stuff that doesn't bring good memories. Yeah. And then there's no point having so much stuff you you can't sift and 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 understand what's poignant to you and what's yeah. not. Yeah. Um yeah. it's when you get those specific things. Oh, it's joyous. Yeah. And it brings, and I find that when they find those things, it brings out that, it takes off that block and then they start becoming creative again. And I noticed that, like, I, you know, that you had a lot of people in the book who were creative people. Um, and I, I've, I have a lot of clients who are creative, you know, artistic, um, calligraphers. I've had all kinds of artists here. Um, and so, yeah, it's lovely seeing that them because their brains work differently. So that's yeah. why, yeah, you know, but you must have some real creative like geniuses that you, you've worked with before. Oh, I agree with you. It's a different bit of brain. And I think um, uh, what I find myself saying is they'll go, oh, I, I can't do what you're doing. Yeah. And I say, I can't do what you yeah, exactly. do. So, you know, I often say to crafters and other ones, you know, and it's fabric and things like that. I can't sew two bits of material no. together. Yeah. So when they show me the things they've made, I go, it's it's amazing to me that you can make this. Yeah. Uh, but then what I bring to the to the table is, and I, I can make you have lots of space to be able to lay your yeah. <laughs> fabric out in a way that, and for you to know where your resources are. So those two meetings of, of minds is when it's a nice dance, when it's yeah, a yeah. match dance, is lovely. Because yeah, yeah. I can't do those things. I like facilitating people who, who yeah. can. Exactly. That's the same with me. And I always say that the same thing, that I can't do what you do. I pay someone to do it. You, you know, so that you paying me to do it is the same kind of logic. Um, and it is lovely to see what they have, you know, and I can appreciate it, but I can't do it myself. I'm the same. I'm, t- I'm totally, <laughs> I just, yeah, I can't. Um, but I, I was, you know, I was seeing about your book, you know, and it, I was wondering, you know, like you have these people, they must have mental health issues, you know. Uh, do you discuss it with them before you go in for your first session or is it something that's revealed whilst working with them? Because with me, a lot of it is it's revealed during the session. Um, I don't often know what the issue is. Um, so how does it work with you? I mean, sometimes I might be um, given a care plan from us, from social services. If I'm going in to see someone, might say a, if they've had a diagnosis. I mean, obviously right. in this country, plenty of people without diagnoses of, of oh, okay. their mental health needs. Um, but even if I do, I think it, I don't take a. This sounds awful. But I don't take a great deal of interest in it ahead right. because the way that it manifests the way that the, these um, conditions can man- manifest themselves. As you know, it's a bit of context. Right. But the way, it man- so say, for example, I might have a care plan, I might say this person has ADHD or um, whatever it might be, it, but it manifests itself in different ways when I meet the person in terms yeah. of how they manage their home. So it's useful context. We have, like you say, the full spectrum of people, um, but you it's really tricky because I feel like I can now, you might be the same. I kind of feel it when I get there and that doesn't sound very technical. Yeah, yeah. I kind of get a sense from the person where the limits are. Yeah. And that's why you say in your book, absolutely starting, you say about advising people to start gentle because they don't necessarily know themselves yeah. what's going to be problematic, what's going to be easy. And, and it's good to not, you know, to get the wins yeah. and have that positive reinforcement and then to push things too far and go, I'm never, do, I'm never sorting yeah. out again. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't always know in advance. And so, sometimes when I do, like you say, for those who are, um, who do have very strong hoarding tendencies or even hoarding disorder, um, what what I often find is that they will tell me everything yeah. early days. Uh, okay. I was explaining something the other day that if I get a private, private email in, often it will be quite a detailed explanation of somebody, right. yeah, yeah. their life, the trauma, their mental health, might not say what they want doing. 
And, yeah. as, and they were really surprised. And I said, I'm not giving away any confidence there. And, and I don't, I expect it. It's not that I, I go, oh, it's another long one again yeah. <laughs> or anything. Yeah. No, but it's, a, it's just an interesting um, area, which most people might not be aware of. That is that there's a lot of um, living the um, trauma in their life as if it happened yesterday, um, yeah. but not necessarily focused on, and I would like my lounge cleared or yeah. I'd like to um, do this in this room or whatever. It's not It's not about the functional space. It's about the overwhelm of everything else. So sometimes, you know, I'll have that in advance. Right. I suppose they're living, it sounds cold, but they're sort of living in the past and not, and living in the past with their emotions and not, moving forward with the emotions so that they can't move forward with the clutter in a way, isn't it? It's just, yeah. I mean, I, I know with a lot of mine, they're at that breaking point, so they know they need to, but they're not at that far gone that they can't realize that they need to get themselves sorted. So, I, I you know, I've only had a few, I think two or three hoarders in my time and not had many sessions with them. So I, I, I always admire you. Like when I was reading your book, how many sessions, you know, years you go through working with them. And I'm like, I've done about two with each client, you know, and that's, and then we've called it quits, you know. So, um, you, yeah. You see direction of travel though. It's really, it is hard to, you know, when you say years, I mean, some people I, I can't work with for years. It has been very short, reduced risks, hope they're you know hopefully things well for them and then yeah. move on and that's, we're not set the the funding arrangements in the UK are not set up to spend lots of time with people we have to often be quite quite quick yeah. with them um even though there's years and years the other thing is you know to be empathic and understanding you'll understand this with your clients is yeah. that um uh, it's a bit like personal training. That is, there's always a point where somebody's like, I don't know if I can do the work. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, identify yeah. you've got a challenge in your home, visualising you want things to be different. Okay, that's the essentials we need to be able to, to engage, really. Yeah. But the crux for me is whether the pain is going to be worth it. Yeah. So I, think I mentioned in some of the stories that for some people, the pain is just... they. They can't see it being worth it. Yeah. And, and so they give up on prison. And you all know yourself at a lighter touch. Yeah, there's always, oh, do I have to do, I don't want to have to do that cupboard as well. You're like, well, yeah. it's kind of key to getting all the rest of this sort of that. Yeah. So you're an encourager. Uh, you know, you give that motivation. Um, for myself, it can be, you know, it's just at an, perhaps at an earlier stage than it is perhaps by the time you've got to, to an area that they've been putting off for a while. Yeah. They need you, you know, definitely on the side and giving them a bit of a, yeah. <laughs> a, a movement towards doing it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I call myself the pusher. The encourager is actually sounds better than a pusher because I sound like <laughs> I'm a drugs pusher. But I'm like, I'm I'm pushing you to get on with it or to ha- guide me on what you need and don't need. But uh, yeah, I, I have the big size. The big size are a thing. Like, especially when I've done full day sessions, like eight hour sessions, it gets to about six hour and they're like, oh. and I'm like, are you sighing? What What are you What are you doing? Why are you sighing at me? Like, you've done all this. We've only got two more hours. So let's, let's go on. And they're like, oh God, do I have to? I'm like, yes, you do. You're paying me for this. So, um, but yeah, the big sigh is the sign that it's time for a, a break, you know, coffee and biscuit break and or tea break. And yeah, then they stop sighing. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's hard for them, but you know, you're just like, yeah, let's just let's just get it done. Then you don't have to deal with me ever again or until the next time. <laughs> um I saw so in one so um I can't remember the person, but you were talking about Christmas and presents um in one of the yes. chapters. And you know, Christmas has just passed and you're to tell everybody what's your thoughts about Christmas presents now, because I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> I'm quite controversial in my family because I'm, you know, I, th- I think I was the first person to bring this around where around November I send an email asking people what they want. Right. <laughs> oh, well, give me ideas, give me solid ideas. Yeah. And, um, initially it was met with a bit of resistance, I think. You know, people like the surprise and, oh, don't worry, don't worry about me. It's all fine. Yeah. Like, no, 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 you need to tell me because I, 
absolutely can't bear to give things that people don't want or need because as you know we find cupboards full of on you know unwanted gifts yeah or gifts that were bought in the year that weren't for anyone particular and then three or four years are still in the cupboard um and so yeah i finding out what people want um and giving them that is makes me properly happy i mean yeah. I, you know with a bit of creativity but um i can't bear this this oh that might just do for them kind of thing unless it's packing biscuits or something but yeah. you know but, but, but I, I so that's been quite controversial but particularly because christmas is all year round for me yeah um we're always stumbling across Christmas presents, Christmas gifts for others, yeah. Christmas decorations and that sort of thing. And just having a little bit of a handle on it um, is is really helpful. Well, it's good. It's good you're still buying. I don't buy anything. Like now I've said to oh, people. Oh, really? That's yeah, interesting. Tell, I me, tell me how you manage that. Well, it helps being an expat. So you're like, no, I can't because I can't post it, you know, and postal strikes. Um, and plus, plus we're Muslim, even though, you know, like we celebrate Christmas and I do it with the nephews, but I, my parents buy the nephews a present and it comes under my, my name is on, on the card as well. Um, but for friends, I've said for years, I've said, I don't want a present. I don't want anything. If you're going to give me anything, give me vouchers. So I ask for like, you know, even for my birthday, I ask for cinema vouchers and then I'll use that all year. Um, and there's apps where you can get vouchers for shops or for malls or for cinema here uh, I'm sure they have it in the UK so that's what I do I, I, I don't I, I say to people don't give me money or give me vouchers but don't give me anything I'll buy myself what I want and people are like oh yeah. no, sorry that's a lovely idea and I did have a friend who recently said that with friends now she's just said um let's do something together let's do it go for coffee together or let's yeah. you know do something together and even if you're at a distance say well let's make a a time when we're online together and yeah. have a glad, you know, have something, you know, special to eat or something. But the time, I mean, everyone knows this now, I suppose. It's become yeah. more complex to understand that experiences with people is so much better than trying to send something. Exactly. No, I, I love your idea. I'm going to be taking that yeah, yeah. forward. Yeah. <laughs> no, say, say, this is what I do. Why would I want clutter from you people? Just give me a voucher. Like... I say it to people, I'm like, I have what I want. If I don't have what I want, I will ask for it or I'll ask for money so that I can buy what I want. But I don't want, you know, yeah, no, I don't want anything. Even my parents, I'm like, just give me money. It's like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Easier. Much easier. It's much easier. And and as you said, like, you know, I go into people's houses. I People buy things and leave them in the bags. I never understand that thing that they leave it in the bags. I'm like, what what was the point of buying it if you're not going to even take it out of the carrier bag? Um, so we're unwrapping things all the time, aren't we? It's just like, no, it's it's not fun anymore. Um, unless it's something fabulous, like, you know, a nice handbag, but yeah, that happens sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, have you bought this for anyone particular? Uh, no, I mean, I think, you know, and some people love the idea of purchasing something, they see something and they purchase it. I think for some of the people where they've got, they've purchased things because they look nice for them. Yeah. They've not, you know, it's not being for, because they're thinking about the other person. If you don't, if you're not shopping for a specific person in mind, then there's a chance that you're going to have something. And as you've probably, you know, you mentioned with the types of, there are things where people buy them in kind of error. Um, It's brand new. And then that adds the sort of guilt that's held with it because, it's not very, it hasn't been in their home very long. Yeah. So letting it go is like admit, admitting, oh, and it's well known within our sort of professional uh, circles, isn't it? That sort of making a mistake and buying something and holding on to it. Those two things are, are both mistakes. It's You you can you know, cancel it out by keeping it for longer. No, exactly. Sort of, let, it, let it go. Be back out there, especially toiletries and things like that. Yeah, I'm always saying to people, just is an error. Let it go back out there while it's while it's still useful to yeah. somebody else. Exactly. Let's oh, um, take it out of the packaging and use it yourself. Yeah, you know. Well, this is the thing. 
yeah, yeah. gather yourself with it and just have, enjoy it. That's, yeah, yeah. You know, it. No, no, I'm it. saying, yeah, I say it and like, you know, like with makeup and stuff, when they bought makeup and then they're like, oh no, it's horrible, or it's wrong colour. I'm like, well, put it all in a bag and give it to your maid or give it to someone who will appreciate it. Or like, you know, if you've got young girls, like nieces or something who are into makeup, like because of all the TikTok trends, they can practice on all this makeup that you don't like and it's not going to be a waste. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, present. And I'm like, why burden somebody with your taste? As you said, it's it's your taste. So let's, let's, let's not burden someone. I don't want it. I just... Just give vouchers. Um, but I was reading in your book. So there was one client, one of your clients, Leah. She, you were trying to remove the items, but she kept on making new piles. And I was just frustrated reading it. Like she's just taking it from you and making like a nice little pile next to you, next to her, right? So what do you do when you can't remove anything or make space for them during the session when they're just shuffling it around? Like, how do you deal with that? <laughs> I just... Yeah, with with deep frustration but outward kindness. <laughs> but I think um, I wanted to include. I thought long and hard about including the story about Leah because um, and Steve, I think as well because right. in those two cases we only got so far, and then that was far enough for them. And yeah. that is what we were saying about. And I was talking to somebody. Um, earlier on today and I said the thing that fascinates me the most is that for most of us if you like if we're going to pop something into recycling we can just do it yeah this thing is recycle I'm going to put it out yeah yeah don't give it another thought and then there are other people that was working with a lady who said um when we're working together she said in the session she said um it feels like you're operating on me and taking things out of my body. Wow. And I'm fascinated by that psychology. That yeah. is all the steps in between where the gap is, if you like, between me and my sense of myself and that item. Yeah. And a lot of our clients it ends up so like this. So like I say, from a from a Outside perspective, I'm really understanding of Leah because she's terrified, and every single thing she thought would be an, would be a problem for her if it went. And so, all those things are quite entwined. Yeah. I mean, even touching the stuff was causing her anxiety and, and distress. Yeah. So I'm understanding the practicality is a finite amount of funding has been granted to her from social services to make her safe. Yeah, yeah. And this is her point where she stays in control because anything after my involvement is clearance. Right. It's where okay. somebody would come in, fill them, you know, if she ended up in hospital and she couldn't be discharged home, they would send in a company that would bin bag everything to make it clear for her. Oh, that's wow. Right. So I'm, I'm the bit that's where she can stay in control. Right. Yeah. But make changes. So, there has to be that little bit of understanding that we do have to make progress if we're to stay funded yeah. and it, they don't keep funding there forever. And there's lots of people who don't get funding. But also acknowledging that that's a weave that has evolved over, a, a, you know, maybe 20 years. Yeah. And starting to get that takes time. So really hard. Yeah. Um, but so frustrating as well from a business perspective because I can just see oh so 10 sessions have been granted but probably she's only going to have one or two yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's frustrating for as a business owner yeah. uh, it's frustrating because I care about my clients so she's yeah, saying yeah. that right as that I care about them making progress I care about their story but I want to see them be safe and well and enjoy their home yeah but acknowledging the fact that she wasn't in control of that compulsion yeah but do, she's, not doing, she's not doing it to be difficult yeah it's just her compulsion she said but do, do, do they know did she know that if she didn't clear anything that a clearance company would come in and just remove everything was that 
put out like social service to tell her that's the option? No, uh, no. I mean, often it's still it's wait it's in that sort of stage in between where right. um, she can manage her home just about. Right. You know, it's not so full that she couldn't live there, but it will only get worse yeah. at, with the current uh, um, habits in the home. Um, and if her health, her physical health deteriorated in any way, and like I say, she needed anyone to come in, yeah. then that would be the point where it would be seen as 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 not possible for her to stay living there. Yeah, yeah. The other dilemma, Shalina, is of course adding more anxiety to somebody who's already anxious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, think. I can lay it out plain what the possibilities are if they don't engage with us. All I do is make an anxious person even more anxious. Yeah. No, <laughs> so that. it's really hard to get the balance. So yeah. I, I wanted to write the book because I wanted to explain I don't always get it right. Yeah. Uh, but with reflecting, we've been really proud of the work we've done. We considerable expertise, but it is a dance and I don't always get it right. I don't yeah. always, I look back on some of those cases and go, oh, I'd said it that way or done it that way. Would, would we still be working with Leah or would be? And so it bothers me, yeah. but uh, it's an honest portrayal of how tricky it is to to be yeah. in that position. But you're in a, yeah, and you're in a whole other position because there is so much involved, not just physically, but mentally with them that you've got that balance you have to make. And it's a very, very fine balance for you to deal deal with these people. So. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's 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 so fascinating for me. Um, now you mentioned Swedish death cleaning, which I talked about recently on an, an episode again because I I love talking about it now. Um, do you discuss it with your clients? Because I keep on mentioning it now because people, lots of clients will often say that their parents are hoarders, and I'm like, they're not hoarders. They're just old and that from that generation that never got learn how to get rid of anything so that's why they've held, held on to everything but explain the concept so they start telling other people but do you tell your clients as well about the whole the great no of I haven't but like yourself it's a phenomenon that I'm sort of warming myself to really yeah. and I love this idea of doing you know you mentioned it the doing gradually you know people call this in when they've got an objective and they want to yeah. uh, do something and want the helping hand and get on and do it but the actual art if you like of letting stuff go regularly practiced letting yeah. go it's something I take for granted I do it all the time yeah, yeah. you know so but the idea of gradually letting go with an idea of your legacy um not necessarily doing it for yourself doing it for others which obviously that generation will be more inclined potentially because they yeah. you know want to do right by their kids and everything so I do like the idea of it. And also I, I acknowledge that we've probably got a long way to go with, <clears throat> excuse me, with research yeah. about hoarding. But I wonder if, you know, we're letting things get to a crisis level and it has to be a big push. This is not not really the way to solve it. We can't change it the way our um, social care system set up at this stage. Yeah. But the idea of getting them practice to let things go every day, a tiny little it's like anything, isn't it? It's yeah. like diet, yeah. um, exercise, just a little change every day, every day. So it becomes practice. Yeah. It's actually probably the most sustainable way of seeing change in the long term. So yeah. I haven't. I'm definitely going to be reading more about it because I think it's, it's fascinating. The other thing yeah. quickly to say is the number of people who say to me, you're right about, well, my parents are hoarders. And they say, I, I can't broach the subject with them. I said, yeah, no, it's too sensitive. Yeah. But yeah. you can say, how about we do an audit? Should we do an audit of the loft or the spare room or yeah. the space that you've got where they're keeping, I mean, somebody was saying, you know, keeping Uncle Joe's shoes and Uncle Joe passed yeah. years ago. But, you know, the thing is, sometimes those things up there have come use, become useful. So yeah. Treasure trove up there. Why don't we do an audit of what's up there? So if you do start to lose a little bit of mental capacity, <laughs> like all of us start to get yeah. a bit more forget, you've got it written down what you've got there. I said, and in that cataloging is essentially creating the space. Yeah, there will be some things that they'll be happy to let go. Yeah, to go in, not as a come on, we're going to let 
half of this. <laughs> Go out the door. It's just see what you've got up there. Yeah. And of course, that's the tip that we use for for people who are really nervous. It's like, yeah. oh. Let's take the letting go out of the equation for a moment. Let's just see what's in there. That's a good idea, actually. I've never done a suggested doing an audit. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Even though my, I got my parents to, because they were keeping everything. And then I told them about Swedish death cleaning. So during COVID or past COVID, they started doing the attic in the shed and they found like suitcase, like so many suitcases. They found my dad's one from when he moved to the UK in 69, right? So this is, you know, those old cardboard ones with the, the lot. Yeah. Like, you're like, why have you got that when we've got amazing Samsonite suitcases now? You know what I mean? So it's like, and even they acknowledged, they went, this is, this is absurd. This is why we got all this stuff. Um, and they cleared it. The whole attic's empty now. But it was just, it helped me being who I am at my business and telling them, like, you need to do this because when you go, God forbid, I will come in and just get it all out and just put it in the recycling. So that sort of spurred them on. Um, but yeah, no, we need to get more people into it, I think. Yeah. And I think, like, as you said, if we start doing it bit by bit, like I do, like the, I say about doing the mini declutter and having a bag in your wardrobe or something, and you just keep on filling it every day, it's just an easy way to get rid of stuff, isn't it? It's, um, yeah. It's an easy way to get rid of stuff. And it is that, it's the flexing of the, like I say, when I, I reflect on it as the the gap between, and I don't mean that we don't have any special things, because yeah. there are things, um, but that gap between the item and myself, that is, I, does it serve me? Can I ask some fundamental questions about whether it is useful to me? Yeah. Um, and uh, we're quite stoic in the UK. We don't necessarily ask if it brings sparks joy, of course. <laughs> um, <but> we <laughs> at the very least can say, is it is it serving a purpose for yeah. me? And it flexes those muscles all the time so that we get we get quite used to it. And have I got rid of things in my life that I regret? Yes. Yeah. You got to get practiced at forgiving yourself about it, and if the gap is significantly there, then you can go. Ah, I should have kept that because actually it's useful, but it's useful four years down the line, yeah. and you know, and it's just having that light touch. I think, and like you say, doing a little and often really helps yeah. with that. I think so. Yeah. I mean, even though sometimes I do massive, I did my kitchen and I just purge so much food. I was like, why have I got so much this food? It's just, I was embarrassed with myself, but. Anyway, um, now in the book, you talked about right-sizing, which I loved that term. Um, but how do you get... Now, first, explain what right-sizing is for the listeners. And then how do you get the clients to realize they need to declutter to right-size to their new location? I can't take the credit for right-sizing. I oh. can't even remember who I heard it from, but I, right. I love that phrase like you say it's lots of it because the the term downsizing which everybody knows what downsizing is just sounded negative you yeah. know it's like a step down yeah. a, a, a demotion yeah, yeah it's true, <laughs> and, true. Um, and, and so many of the reasons why especially our senior clients sort of talking about moving from large properties with gardens and um space to, that they have to maintain it was becoming a burden. They wanted to go somewhere where it was all, you know, there's, you know, somebody on site to do all the repairs and, you know, all those things that they yeah. want. Didn't want to have to walk miles <laughs> around to get to, you know, not walk far to be able to get to their kitchen lounge and have yeah, things yeah. accessible, perhaps all on, you know, an apartment all on one floor, all those sort of things. Not be isolated because a lot of our clients were, you know, we've got Dartmoor and Exmoor here in the. Uh, southwest of England, huge national parks, yeah, uh, yeah. huge UK, and um, yeah. um, you know they're they're really quite isolated, especially in the cold weather. So they they got these really positive reasons for wanting to make a move and yeah. downsizing. Of course, it's just about the shrinkage of the square footage that yeah. people have access and the storage that they have available. So in having those conversations, keep again same skills used as as my other clients. That is keeping them focused on the positives that they're moving for. Yeah, is goal that you know because there's going to be plenty of things with a move, plenty of things that might put you off when you start the move. You know, the work of moving is quite hard. Yeah, yeah. So keeping eye on the prize. But I love that idea that it's not about a demotion; it's about 
fitting a home to be right for you for that stage of life you're at. Yeah. If you're you're not entertaining 20 people, you don't need a whopping great big dining table. No. And place settings. Your life is different now. But that acknowledgement of of change again is it's a psychological aspect, isn't it? Of acknowledging yeah. a different chapter where you used to do those things. Yeah. That was that chapter. Now yeah. I do different. And not look back on it as a loss or a regret or something you should still be doing now. Life changes. Yeah. Now, and, and the people I used to look at, you go, well, I, I don't think I need much in my kitchen because I like going out to eat now. And I'm like, yeah. good for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm doing in my 70s. I'm just yeah. going to go out for lunch all the time. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. Um, so it's just understanding how life has changed and, and, and matching your home. Matching your home with that, what's yeah. what going to enable you to have the life that you want going forward? How you approach it? Yeah, just staying that positive. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. I love it. If you keep that life, that lifestyle you want in mind, the decisions about whether you need all this other stuff with you becomes a little bit easier. And like you say with with your parents, actually, most of the fear is about just looking in the first place. Once yeah. you do start looking. They do realise the stuff at the back there that has long since gone past its usefulness. Yeah. They just haven't looked for a while. No, and exactly. especially if they can do something useful with it. So if it's going to be helpful to somebody else or, um, you know, even if it goes into recycling for us, you know, a lot of our waste is incinerated for energy, you know. So there's going to be something positive used from it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Everyone wins. Everyone wins. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, you're right. It's 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 completely true, and that I think that's what people have to think. And I always say, you know, yes, you know, you declutter, you get rid of a lot of stuff, and you see how much money you wasted. But think about the future that you're not going to waste money again because you're not going to do the same thing again because you've seen how much you've wasted up to now. Um, so I always try and make spin it around to be positive to look at what your future is going to be like. It's going to be decluttered. Plus, you're going to save money because you're not going to waste money. And if you think about doing it, you WhatsApp me first and ask me if you should buy something, you know, which some clients do. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, no, you don't need that. Oh, that might work. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> so anyway, you have this, it was this beautiful line, right? So first, you, it, this is in the books, listeners, right? It says, first, that hoarding and living amongst too much stuff is not just something to do be dismissed as eccentric behavior. Its roots and causes are varied and complex, although often centered around grief and loss, and therefore our first instinct should be compassion and understanding. I loved this in your book. It's it's so true. And then, but then you watch these TV programs and watch social media and they put hoarding and having a lot of stuff as something like really terrible and eccentric. And these people are awful and mad and dirty and you know, the book helped a lot. I mean, that, you know, just that that sentence alone just was like yeah. resonated with me. But how do you get people to change this perception when you're working with them and with their loved ones as well, you know, and with especially loved ones, like, you know, you're dealing with a client, but explain to the loved ones, like, you know, it's not yes. an awful and thing. That's the, and to be fair to loved ones, they... They care deeply about the person and what they're struggling with is that it looks like um, their dear relative has exchanged their personal relationship with them yeah. for a stockpile of random stuff. Yeah. So that's feel really hurtful. Um, mm. But it's understanding that's not a that's not a personal choice at that stage. There's yeah. there's so much more going on for the person. To be fair, I spend a lot of the time. Having sorry. these, uh, sorry, cat, cat's playing a. Sorry, yeah, I love wants to wiggle his tail. Are you going to sit here? <laughs> yes, okay. Um, <laughs> I spend a lot of time speaking to um, professionals. I mean, social services and health. Still, an awful lot of misperception. Right. The, the biggest one being that if we just clear them out, they're going to be better. Yeah, and of course, that's, that's a definite no. Yeah. And to understand, it's a compulsion, like. Any other, any other compulsion, but you know, in it, with alcoholism, for example, you wouldn't just say if we take all the drink away in the home, they will not want to touch an alcoholic drink again. They'll feel better. No, yeah. it's not because it's in their mind and it's a compulsion. Yeah. It, it actually will feel a lot worse if you sort yeah. of 
penalise them in that way. So, yeah, there's still a lot of, to, to go on. Um, don't get me wrong, there's still an awful lot of sa- safety that has to be considered. And for some people, they are in dangerous situations that do require urgent action. Yeah. So I'm not saying that uh, there's a easy answer for every, for everybody, but you're right, the perception... It's why I find the labels so difficult. Yeah. <laughs> when we're working with hoarders or we're working with, and, and when people say, what's the, the worst case you've ever done? They, they're looking for that salacious kind of, oh, there was this horrible job. With it. And and I don't think that way when I'm there. I'm, I'm all about, is the person able to do the work to get where they want to go or yeah. are, are the barriers right up? Yeah. You know? And that's all I'm interested in. Um, and how do we do that dance so we can make things go forward, but in a way they're comfortable with? Yeah. I don't see the squalor. I don't see the, you know, um, the things that are not quite right. Yeah. They are real people who are struggling. And um, that's my hope is that we can try and spend enough time with them that the the person behind the stuff can emerge. Yeah. But of course, what people see is... Isn't there a lot of stuff? And there's a, a final thing to sort of say on that is that because we see ourselves on a spectrum, that oh, I know it's like to have sentimental items, and but I can throw stuff away quite straightforwardly into yeah. recycling. I automatically project that forward to people who can't let anything go. Yeah. Um, everything's sentimental. So we can understand it in a way, but we think it's the same, it's self control that is the difference yeah and it's not i know no. it's it's a disorder it's a mental health issue it's fear and it is it distorts things at that that end so yeah. it's not just laziness and no it's yeah it's never just, laziness yeah no but it'd be amazed it's so hard to make that sort of argument going forward for, for some people and some of the, the people that I work with feel themselves that's what it is yeah but, but it's, it's it no, isn't no um you know when it's gone to an, a, a sort of uh, a level where there's no home com- comforts available that's not that's not a choice that's the brain doing something that's not right for the person yeah exactly I mean yeah I mean even like clients I've had recently they've said you know, people might think I'm lazy. I'm like, you're not lazy. You're just overwhelmed. Like, you know, and I, I've, it's a normal amount of stuff in cupboards, but it's just thrown into the cupboards and or randomly put in. It's, it's just too overwhelming for them. Whereas our brains obviously work differently and we see it not as, we don't see over as overwhelming. Well, you, I don't know how you do it because I, I would find it overwhelming looking at some of these, these houses. But for me, when I look at the stuff, I, don't get over. I see what it's going to look like later, and I, I don't know if that works for you as well. That you think oh, this is how I think it's going to. I envisage it this section or this room, you know. Eventually, it's like a giant for me. It's like a giant jigsaw puzzle. Um, I I can't. I rarely get to sort of imagine the whole thing finished. Right. I think that's oh, yeah. probably fair. I don't have perfectionist tendencies, thankfully. Right. <laughs> um, but it, but it, because of the and that whether that's how I started out or how that's evolved over the ten years is I understand that it's very much okay. Well, how can we make that corner work yeah, with yeah. what's here? Yeah. You know, and that it sort of emerges as we're going, not just because sometimes we find furniture that we didn't know that was there, yeah. um, or we didn't know that were there, and they can be useful to us. Yeah. Um, but also, what how the person is is interacting with the space, what's going to be possible. Yeah. So just getting our uh, expectations managed as well, because otherwise it's only. Uh, frustrating for everybody but yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a giant jigsaw puzzle but the same as yourself you you the person has to stay optimistic for them and so there's always that next step Mm. that you've got in mind for me is that it's baby steps yeah um but uh but enjoy enjoyable work i do reflecting on it i do want to do another 10 years of it <laughs> i was going to write the book and go i think that will do now yeah, yeah no <laughs> i do want no, to no. do another 10 years about it and i feel a little bit of a sort of what 
He's on bird now. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I know. So, uh, you know, it's um, but I I'm passionate about it, and I think yeah. it, it's very clear reading yours that um, you know, like I say, for for people who it's sometimes really hard to put down on paper what you consider to be straight straightforward in your own mind. Yeah, but other people need that guidance they yeah. need that permission they need that I'm a bit overwhelmed how do I drill down to to get some results and yeah. and those tools you've offered are, are super helpful for me I think I probably it's that personal coaching um that they are going to make their way through this if they yeah with us with the work we make sure it's not too and I always say not as bad it's not going to be as bad as you think yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah that's what I always say like, <laughs> which is quite a great sales pitch <laughs> but uh but a reality that it's going to be okay yeah it's hard but we're we're with you on the yeah. journey and that's the important thing well, I always say it's like a plaster that I'm like, if you're with me for four hours or eight hours, it's a it's like ripping a plaster off. It's quick and painless. It's sort of painful, but it's painless in the long run because the next day you won't have to deal with it again or see me. So that's a win-win, isn't it? Like Some of them want to see me again, so that's fine. But uh, I'm like, just think of it like that. Just think four hours of pain with me and then you can just have a big glass of wine or a big cup of coffee and just sit on the couch and not do anything. Um and yeah, that's that's the way to to get them to love it. But anyway, anyway, finally, right? I love you know, and you, you most of all, you know, I love TV and movies, uh, obviously because I get movie cinema tickets all the time. So I love asking my guests, um, what are you loving currently? What have you seen that you you highly recommend that we watch or or even read if you read more than you watch TV or watch movies. I'm part of a book club, so I'm always reading, but not always the things that I would choose. We really like to sort of uh, mix and match, so I'm right. always exposed to different things. But I do love films. I do love films. I love the um, getting absorbed. And I've got a um, a teenage son. He's okay. turned 13 now. And um, so one of the joys I've had is starting to introduce him to films that I hold dear in my heart. Oh, really? Um, it is a mixed bag because... Um, I think a year ago I sat him down to watch E.T. And uh, I was imagining he'd be really moved and he wasn't really moved. <laughs> but as I watched it again through his eyes, I was like, oh, these, these 90s films are really slow. And some of them aren't aged well. But uh, um, So bringing him on board to watch things uh, that I uh, hold in high esteem, yeah. you know, we've got space we can sit down and watch them together has been quite lovely and um we sat down and watched the blues brothers oh my god that is so um yeah you can see how old that is one that one's hard work now and it's farcical and he doesn't know who most of those famous artists are in it everything but he's quite interested in playing the harmonica and i said well you've got to watch the blues brothers and and oh wow the car chase at the end and the silliness of it and everything Um, so uh, and Carrie Fisher is amazing in it you know if you've only watched Star Wars watching yeah. Carrie Fisher in that film is quite quite a stark contrast so um so I enjoyed that and he really enjoyed it and so I'm getting a lot of joy Aww. from watching those films and, and getting his his reaction and you know some of those films that are more you know this is an important film culturally you should yes. watch this film yeah, yeah. So I do that yeah you know Oh, it's funny about E.T. We went to Disney World, uh, the whole family. We went with my nephews and my brother and I, we went to Universal Studios and they still have the E.T. ride there, which we went to the last time in 92 when it came out, right? And so we were very excited. So we said, we need to go on it. So we dragged everyone. Even my parents were like, no, let's, let's not. We've been once. We went and it was, it's exactly the same as it was in 92. They haven't changed it. So it was really incredibly awful and boring and yeah it was so embarrassing we were just sitting there going oh my god so I, I complained to Universal Studios afterwards I went could you not have updated it after all these years and they were like I don't think they even knew remembered that they had this ride still there you know what I mean but yeah 
Yeah, so it's EP's... nice to have the exchange at his age as well. He's um, got me watching um, Lockwood and Co on Netflix. Right. Okay. So that's a book that he's reading at the moment, and it's ghosts and it's detectives and it's young people saving yeah. the day. And actually, I love it. Yeah. So you've got a nice, nice cultural exchange oh, going that's on. That's good. Oh, you have to watch <laughs> Wednesday then. Have you seen Wednesday yet? Yeah, yes. yeah, no, no, Wednesday was very really good. Enjoyed that as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's a nice trade-off. I get to watch some things I probably wouldn't normally. As Stranger Things, I had to sit and watch yeah. Stranger Things. Oh, you see Stranger? Okay, yeah, yeah I love yes. Stranger Things. Yes, so, but it's very uh, gory for kids. I don't know how they're watching it. I'm like a bit like, yeah, yeah they're different. They're made differently. We, yeah. I think we're more, you know, some of those um '90s horror um throwbacks that that it it kind of tries to. Uh, emulate yeah. probably resonate more with us yeah. than they that that era. They don't they don't have that 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 to worry about those sort of connotations. Whereas no. we're, we're still slightly traumatized from watching those six so young. Yeah. <laughs> no nightmare on Elm Street. And the only way I could yeah. re- get through that was to remember. Well, somebody on MTV once called him Pizza Face. And that's the only way I can watch Nightmare on Elm Street. I hate horror movies because of like the 80s and 90s. I Yeah, I, I can't stand them. Awful, awful. Anyway, it was lovely as always. Thanks so much for being on here. Um, tell us how can people get in touch with you? Um, yeah, tell us everything. Uh, so I'm so Jasmine. Um, my business is called Change Your Space. Not to be confused with a book, which is called... Yeah. Uh, Be a decade in professional decluttering. That's out now. Um, so yeah, people can find me at um, www.changeyourspace.co.uk and there's some free resources on there. Particularly if people are worried about family members and um, they can speak to me. I am open, you know, internationally for advice and, and so on. Um, where I'm more UK centric is knowing how sort of the social care system works here and funding and things like that. But certainly if people are concerned and want to have a chat, they can contact me through the website and um, I'll respond. Awesome. And I'm going to put your details on the show notes as well as the link to pre-order your book. And um, thanks as always um, for being on. I, I love talking to you when, and having these chats. Um, so yeah, thank you, babe. Um, thank you as always for listening to the Get Organised with Declutter Me podcast. If you'd like to get more tips and tricks, um, follow me on social media at D-E-C-L-U-T-T-R-M-E. And you can find me on websites as well. Thanks again. And I will be back with another episode next week. So I see you next time. Take care. Bye.